Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I've been in Sweden for the past nine months. Some of you know my situation, things that are going on, and uh, going through a very unexpected season of my life and my husband's life as well. And nine months ago when I went to Sweden, I went to lunch with my family. I'd just arrived and it was a beautiful day. We decided to go out for lunch. And as we're sitting there having lunch, (laughs) my niece, Sophia, comes and joins us with her mom, Rebecca. And uh, I noticed that she had these colorful, things in her hair. She looked very fresh, like she had just gotten a haircut. And so Rebecca told us, yes, she just got a haircut and and she's uh, that's why she has the color in her hair. She was looking so cute and so pretty. And Re- Rebecca told us that she asked her when she was sitting in the chair, Sophia, what do you what do you think about your hair? How do you think about it? She looked at her mom and she was like, well, She did a really good job, but it's just not what I expected. (laughs) I know, in other words, it means like, I know I'm supposed to be happy and grateful, but this is just not what I thought I was going to get. And I wonder how many times many of us have that exact same feeling in our life. Man, this is just not what I expected. Something good was supposed to happen to me. Maybe you've received promises. Maybe you've received prophetic words. You know that you're about to enter a great season of your life. God has been preparing you for it. And the moment that you enter into that season of life, you might be asking yourself, wow, this this isn't what I expected. Maybe there have been some bumps along the way. and, And on the outside, you might look fine, things are going really good. And from other people's perspectives, they might be saying, well, things are going fine with this person, but deep inside, maybe you're experiencing a deep inner disappointment because you were disappointed in what was supposed to be your promise. And that brings me to the title of my message today, Not What I Expected. So if you could do me a favor and begin opening up your Bible to Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to read just a couple of verses from, uh, <clears throat> from this chapter. And so before I share this scripture, I want to preface the story just a little bit. So at this point in time, the Israelites have been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. And... At this point, God shows up to Moses in the form of a burning bush, and he tells Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. I've seen their suffering, and I want to deliver them from their oppression. So God commissions Moses, and he says, you are going to lead my people out of Egypt into the promised land, a spacious and fertile land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then after that, God performs all of these mighty miracles. You see one after the other, miraculous signs and wonders that are happening. God even parts the Red Sea as they're on their way out. And surely after 400 years of slavery, God wouldn't allow the people of Israel to go through more suffering, more pain, more delay. 
But at this point in the scripture where I'm going to pick it up, you're going to recognize that as the Israelites have came out of Egypt, there was still a few bumps along the way. So Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through 8. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord has, had killed us back in Egypt, they, they moaned. There, there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. That's a whole nother message right there. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all of the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. Amen. So now we find the Israelites whining and complaining because they felt cheated out of their promise. They were told one thing and they began experiencing something totally different. They expected to enter the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And this promise, it felt forthcoming when they received it. I mean, after all, God did perform mighty miracles in front of the Egyptians and in front of Pharaoh. And, and God parted the Red Sea. And after 400 years of slavery, certainly God would not allow them to experience even more pain and suffering. Their expectations led them to disappointment. And sometimes our own expectations can lead us to, to disappointment. Now it gets better, I promise. <laughs> the Israelites didn't feel prepared for the wilderness. Now notice I didn't say that they weren't prepared. I said they didn't feel prepared. And there is a big difference. Because every sign, every wonder, every miracle that they experienced was a prophetic message from God to his people that I will be with you. Amen. The Israelites even experienced the historic and holy moment of Passover, which was the promise from God that he would protect them from their enemies and deliver them. And the Israelites were more than prepared for what lie ahead of them but they had one major problem. They had wrong focus. So let me pause right here for a moment. God always prepares us for the seasons that are ahead, even when we don't feel like it. God is always speaking, whether through his word, through his servants, or through our experiences, God is always saying something. Amen? However, it is up to us to listen and to focus 
on what God is saying and what he's telling us. So I want to tell you and give you a little insight into my experience that I've had recently regarding my husband's immigration. I'm not going to go back to the beginning because it's a very long story, but I will take you back to last September in 2020. We're about a year into the immigration process, and we received this prophetic message from a very well-known and respectable servant of God that by the end of that year, in December, that my husband's case would be resolved. This brought us a lot of joy, a lot of comfort, because we had already been going through this process for a year, and the last part of everything started to speed up even after a really long process in the beginning. So we felt really confident in what God was going to do, and our confidence was further edified when at the end of October, we received a letter from the embassy in Sweden saying that my husband's final interview at the embassy was on December 8th. And I thought, surely the Lord has answered our prayers because December 8th, we know we're going to walk in there and we're going to get that stamp of approval. We started preparing for our return home. We bought my husband's ticket. We started purchasing gifts for our family members for Christmas. My sister put up my Christmas tree in my house, decorated my door, put a new... uh, mat on the ground that said I'll be home for Christmas and I was so excited so when we get to this appointment of course we were just feeling nerves I mean we're in Stockholm we had to drive four hours to get there we even purchased an extra night at our hotel so that we could celebrate in Stockholm after our amazing news like Pastor Vlad said that's faith I mean we were exercising every bit of faith that we possibly had (laughs) so you can imagine when we get there and my husband's interview is two hours I'm sitting in the car I'm not allowed in and I'm hearing nothing I'm talking to my sister on the phone and now this is where it gets a little bit funny so bear with me here (laughs) I had to go to the bathroom super bad I was in the car I was waiting a long time I'm not even allowed in there's like nowhere in sight to drive by. And so I'm, I'm waiting and finally I just can't take it anymore. I'm in excruciating pain. Like I've got to get out of here. I got to find somewhere to help myself. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm not hearing any news. So I'm going to just take this chance. I drove all around. I was looking for somewhere that I could park and in a 7-Eleven. I mean, I was willing to do anything. And I couldn't find a place. You can imagine the streets in Stockholm are like, crazy. And that was the first time that I had driven in Stockholm. I like literally didn't drive for nine months. And so I was a little nervous. Finally, after 20 minutes, I can't find anywhere to park. I got stuck in a bunch of one-way roads and I just decided it's time for me to go back because I bet you anything, my husband is done and it's time for us to celebrate. So as I'm driving, I'm, I'm in pain, but I'm anxiously waiting. And sure enough, I can't even get to the embassy and I see my husband on the side of the road walking towards me. And it was then that I knew. I felt it. My stomach sank. I knew something was wrong. My husband gets in my car, in the car, and he delivers the bad news that he got denied. I couldn't even focus on what was going on because I was in so much pain. 
my husband is telling me the worst news of our life, but I am breathing through my pain. And in that moment, I could have screamed, I could have yelled, I could have cried, and I could have blamed God. Like, God, why are you doing this to us? Don't you know that this is all that I could handle? Haven't we suffered enough? We barely got married, and now we've been separated apart. Is that even fair, God? What have we done to deserve such a thing? Now I'm going to be in this journey even longer, and how will we do it? But I think in that moment, God gave me a special grace because there was something that was pressing even more than my situation. <laughs> Being really open and honest with you guys today. I was breathing through it, get back to the hotel. And finally, after, after we're there, my husband is experiencing these emotions. And I realized that after about 20 minutes, another 20 minutes of waiting, I, I, I believe it was the grace of God. Because while I was in total pain, I wasn't able to give myself into the full emotion of the situation. I knew it was there, but I put it on hold and I had to breathe through the other more pressing issues. And while taking those deep breaths, I had a chance to think, this is not what I expected. Lord, I feel really disappointed. I feel like this isn't fair. I thought you were going to come through for me, and I thought this was it, and this was my time. So where are you now? It was then that I realized he's still there. He's still here with me. Even in my pain and even in my disappointment, he's still here with me. Is that so hard to believe? That God is still with you even in your worst pain? Even when it feels like you're in the worst situation of your life, is it so hard to believe that God is still there? The devil will try anything to make you think otherwise. If God is with you, then why are you in so much trouble? Explain all of this chaos if God is with you. And the devil will try to trick you into believing a lie by telling you that your emotions should be your guide. That what you feel is superior to what you know. But that's a lie. So let me explain something that I think is going to set a lot of people free right here and right now. There are some things in life, some trials, that you absolutely cannot avoid. But when you understand that God thinks only good thoughts about you, you will know that he will never harm you. Hallelujah. Everything that you pass through is because it's necessary and it's for your good. God is not mad when you feel disappointment. In fact, it's completely normal. It's part of who you are as a human being. That's what makes you human and not God. Because you feel emotions of disappointment. Your feelings hold no moral value. Just because you feel disappointment, you feel sadness, you feel anger and upset, doesn't make you a bad person. 
It doesn't make you any less Christian, nor does it diminish your faith in God. Just because you feel disappointed doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It just means that you are feeling what is happening to you. I cannot control how I feel or what I feel. I can only control how I react. In times of crisis and disappointment, all I have are the choices that I make. I choose how I go through my trial. And that choice is the power that God gives me. Amen? You choose how to go through what you're going through. And that is the power of God in your life. Amen? You might feel disappointed. But you will never be disappointed. What do I mean by that? I mean that God's promises are yes and amen. And the word of God, this very word of God right here, is incapable of returning void or empty. His promises have to be fulfilled. So maybe if you're feeling disappointment right now, that means that you're only halfway there. You're only halfway there because in the end, you will not be disappointed and you will receive the reward of your suffering because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to contrast the Israelites with someone else that we know very well, Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul is a stark contrast between the Israelites because Paul was in prison and in chains, yet he praised God. He didn't see himself as better than anyone or deserving special treatment just because he was apostle, an apostle and anointed by God. In fact, he saw himself as the lowest and counted it a blessing to be in chains for Christ. It doesn't mean that Paul never felt pain. He wasn't a saint. In fact, Paul even cried out to the Lord three times to remove the thorn from his flesh because he was in pain. But God's response to Apostle Paul was this. My grace is all you need. Because my power can be manifested at its absolute greatest potential in your weakness. That's why Paul can say in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Jesus warned us in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And I love the way that the Chosen series depicts this very scripture. When Jesus says, in this world, bones will still break. Hearts will still break, but in the end, light will overcome the darkness. Amen? I want to remind you that Jesus was forsaken by God on the cross so that you and I would never have to be alone. He bore the shadow of darkness so that in our darkest hour, we could dwell in God's glorious light. 
so that you don't have to experience the darkness of your situation, but you can experience the comfort and love of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus did that for you and me. There is no earthly sorrow that heaven does not feel. Your pain is God's pain. And the reason that God promises us from the beginning that he would never leave us nor forsake us is because he knew that we would face trials in our life that would be unbearable and impossible for us to face alone. That's why God gives us his word. He gives us his promise that we are never alone. Like the Israelites, you might feel unprepared for what you're going through. But God has prepared you already for what you're going through, even now. Because every sign, every wonder, and every miracle that you have experienced is a prophetic message from God to you that I will be with you. Hallelujah. Say, God is with me. God is with me. I want to just quickly touch on prophetic words from God's servants. And maybe like me, you've received a prophetic word, a promise that gave you so much hope for something in the future, but later it didn't quite happen the way that you had expected. And I want to remind you of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. This means that prophetic words are still partial. Only God knows fully the meaning and final outcome. But prophetic words are meant to edify and build up. So I want to give a word of wisdom to the church. Bring any and all prophetic words to God. As Christians, we need prophetic words because they reveal the heart of God in our lives. But a prophecy should never replace God's word. Because God's word is complete. God's word is alive. God's word edifies. God's word builds up. It will make sense in your storm and it will make sense in your celebration. The same truth that it held to your past will be the same truth that it holds in your future. His word is reliable because it does not change. Jesus said in John chapter 6 that my word is spirit and life. And just because the prophecy didn't happen the way that you expected doesn't mean that it was wrong. It just means that it was in part and you need God's word to give you the full picture, to understand. So take your prophetic word in prayer and leave it there for God to sort out in your life. Because the edification of prophecy is not to make you feel good. It's to draw your heart close to the Father so that he alone can comfort you, so that he alone can tell you the story of your life. That prophetic word is not the answer. It's just a piece of the puzzle so that you will come to God to get the rest of the picture. Amen? Yeah. 
Today, if you are feeling disappointment because of your situation, that's okay. Don't brush it off. Don't try to bury it. Breathe through your feelings and remember what you know to be true. In the end, don't focus on what is happening around you, but focus on what's happening within you because you will find Jesus there. When the Israelites finally made it to the promised land, it was better than they could have ever imagined. When Jesus revealed himself as the son of God, he was nothing like what the Jews had expected. They thought he would be a great warrior and that he would come and destroy the, Ro the Romans and set them free out of their occupation. They had misunderstood the signs and some were even disappointed. They thought that he would kill their enemies. They didn't know that it was Jesus who would be killed. And when he died, his disciples were disappointed and some even went back to their old life. But the story doesn't end there because God prepared his disciples for his death and resurrection because every sign, every wonder, every miracle that the disciples had experienced was a prophetic message from Jesus Christ to them that I will be with you even to the end of the age. Amen. It wasn't what they expected, but in the end, it was better than they could have ever dreamed. And I want to end on this. A couple months ago, my niece went back to get her hair cut again. And this time, when she returned, she had her bangs cut and she was running around. She was showing everybody. She was really, really feeling herself. She absolutely loved it. We didn't even have to ask her if she liked it because her expressions had showed that she enjoyed what was going on. And I learned something from my little niece. Sometimes you go through seasons in life that don't turn out the way that you expect, but it's what you need. And then sometimes there are seasons of life that you need that turn out better than you could ever have dreamed. So in your uncertain, uncertainty, you can be certain about one thing. Things will turn out better than you could have ever expected. And I want to end my message on this. Today, I want to pray for those people who are maybe going through some disappointment right now. Maybe like me, you thought that you were entering into the most glorious season of your life only to find out that it wasn't what you expected. But I want to remind you that God is with you, that he's here and he wants to meet you at the point of your need. That even if you feel like you can't hear him, God is still saying something. That you have his word to remind you, to remind you of how good our God is. And when the enemy tries to tell you something different and he tries to remind you of what's going on around you, I want you to remember that you can take this word and remind the devil that better days are still coming. That this is not the end. That if you're in the middle of disappointment, it just means that you're only halfway there. It just means that you haven't made it to the end yet. Because in the end, you will not be disappointed. Because you will see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah! You will see God's promises being fulfilled in your life. Even if you don't feel it right now, you will know it in your heart. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. 
In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.